0: What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF, and when I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio.
1: Hey, guys. What's up? This is Andy forsella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, the MFCEO.com.
0: i got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by SickWix. Candles, sickwicks.com, for your soy-based candles. I know maybe you're not a so, a, a, a candle guy. Your wife's going to love them. You're going to love them. Put them in your shop. Put them in your living room. Class the place up a bit. Put it in the bedroom. Don't tell me about it. But uh, check out sickwicks.com. I love those things. They were able to send me an awesome uh, little uh, care package over Christmas, and I've been loving it. I am your host, Brad Gebhart. With us on the line, he is a repeat offender. And this evening of doing podcasts, I've talked to him way too long, but it's always nice to catch up with Dave Drakes.
1: What's going on, man?
0: Hey, what's going on? Only uh, talking to you for two hours and thirty-six minutes uh, after not talking for two weeks. Uh, That in and of itself uh, is—it's always a good thing to to reconnect. I'm sure that uh, you'll be resenting me later on this evening when you're not only sick but having to uh, um, pack all of your shit for Anaheim 1 in the uh, in the darkness. Um, but I, but know that I'm also under the weather and will be uh, forced to comb through three hours of audio trying to take out all the times that we sounded uh, less than knowledgeable, which basically whittles it down to about a 15-minute podcast. But um, <laughs> we finally know the rosters and the lineup for the Mo- Monster Energy 250 West Class for Supercross this season. Of course, uh, this is Thursday at 10:39 Central. We are uh, less than four, less than 48 hours from the completion of the, uh, or I guess you'll be in the middle of racing uh, in two days' time. Uh, but this is we're in the 11th hour. This is super late. Hopefully, people can enjoy uh, these on their on their Friday. Uh, as they uh, pretend to be at work or pr- pretend to work at uh, their their stuff after New Year's and stuff like that. It's always a bit of a, a lull after New Year's, and hopefully this can spill your time. Let's talk 250s. Let's make some championship predictions. Let's talk about these guys. Let's just see some serious shit talking on the 250 guys, uh, starting with the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. They're coming to the party with Garrett Marchbanks, a rookie in Supercross, and Adam Cianciarolo, one of the most highly touted amateurs to ever uh, come out of the amateur ranks. Um, maybe not uh, achieving all that he was uh, slated to do, but still has some race wins to his credit. Um, is, it, is it crazy to think that, uh, although he hasn't totally shown it in the past, that Adam Cianciarolo is your odds-on favorite to win this championship?
1: I don't think so. I, mean, I think a lot of people do. They kind of write this guy off. Um, but you gotta remember, this is the same kid that won his very first Supercross race. I mean, first period. Yeah, first exactly, first couple couple of Supercross races, and not only his first Supercross race, that was his first pro race. Period. Yeah. So I mean, to deny this kid's talent, you have to be crazy, mm-hmm. and to think that he's not hungry, hungrier than he's ever been. Um, yeah, you you got to you got to check yourself, <laughs> man. This guy um, is talented. He's fast. He's got one of the best teams with the greatest histories behind him. Um, You know, he puts the work in. Um, All he has to do is just ride consistent, ride to his best ability, and do not throw it away. Um, These guys have a very short run compared to the 450 guys in one bad race. I mean, hell, one bad position could mess up your championship run. So he's got to maximize on every time he goes his leg over a motorcycle. He's got to get up front. He's got to fight for wins, and he's got to make sure that he sets himself up to make the least amount of mistakes that's to get the maximum amount of points, because that's the name of the game in the two fifties.
0: You can't take a weekend off. Adam often doesn't. He's one of the most consistent fast guys, uh, as far as qualifying and heat race speed uh, in the class. I think he maybe has the most upside and most like the highest talent level of anybody in the class. Uh, uh, and that and that's actually saying something because you get some pretty formidable opponents that he'll be competing against. What about Garrett Marchbanks? What do you expect? From the rookie, uh, he's it's basically his his, his first Supercross season. Uh, he's he's a little bit green in the Supercross. You, you usually don't see uh, full blown rookies uh, like him on the uh, the West Coast. But uh, just the way the the championships sort of are like the the riders shake out, it's going to be him and Adam on the West Coast. Um, what uh, what are your expectations for Garrett?
1: Uh I think Garrett should have some pretty decent finishes. Um,
0: what are a lot of the finishes for that, him, though? Like, are you talking like he's a consistent top five guy? Is he eighth place guy? What's what, what, what's a decent finish? Like, what would uh, Garrett Marshbanks be walking away from Anaheim one or the first few rounds? Be like, yeah, I'm averaging like a seventh. Is that good?
1: I think I think we could we aim for maybe a, a top six. Okay, I'd say um, I say that because a lot of the 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 Am guys who are stepping into the pro rings. A lot of them are a little bit more savvy in Supercross than guys years past. So um, we're starting to see kids as early as like 65 consistently trying, you know, Supercross tracks and um, perfecting rhythms and trying step on, and step offs, and uh, we, he might be more comfortable than most people think. Um, I'm not 100% sold on his his style of riding. He rides a little bit uh, a little bit in a, in a goofy fashion, only because he's he's a, he's a taller kid, he's a lankier kid.
0: It reminds me of um, it, uh, it, Sebastian Tortelli. He sort of smashes things rather than finesse. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, yeah. So, something like that where um, he might be a little bit more prone to um, some mistakes or some crashes because of that style. So Supercross really requires a, a, a bit of technique and finesse. Um, I know the technique part is there, but I, I want to make sure that the finesse is there before I start saying this kid's going to be a podium threat. So um, I think a six would be... Um, you know, consistent six and maybe a fifth here and there, maybe a seventh, um, would be a, a good start for the kid. You know, he, he's, he's got a lot to learn. He's, he's got a, um, a stacked field, a, a teammate who's who's better in this class, and capable of winning it. So uh, a lot of opportunity for him to to, to grow and to learn from, the, from this group.
0: Fair enough. I agree. I think he... Um, he's got probably the, the biggest room for improvement. Uh, obviously we haven't seen him race, but I feel like, um, like he, he's got a great opportunity with a great team, and a great bike and, uh, like just going to be chasing around one of the fastest rider is in the, in the class all summer or all winter long. You can't say that's not going to be, uh, something that helps his speed week to week. Uh, but I think you're right. Um, He'll be somewhere around the uh, the sixth place spot, uh, and I think that would be a good uh, good year for him. Uh, consistently through that, um, I think his size helps him in the the bigger whoops on the West. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think that a rookie season averaging around the sixth place spot, maybe not what uh, uh, Mitch Payton's looking for as far as uh, race results go. But uh, as as long as he's winning uh, winning races, uh, Mitch is usually a pretty happy camper. Let's uh, let's talk about Team Geico, and before we talk about the riders, let's talk about the best looking team in motocross. All of the numbers are all identical. The bike, the bike, the number font. No one's sort of like kind of breaking the mold whatsoever. Uh, I hear eventually they'll be wearing the uh, the fox instinct boot uh, once the contract with alpine stars uh, runs out so you'll actually probably see that uh, rolling into the outdoor season uh, I, I believe as far as I'm as far as I know that's uh that's a, a contract that does expire at some point during the season so you'll see them head to toe in Fox with the uh, with the 100 goggles best looking gear out there like like as far as they, they've got the the the, the, that red shift stuff that they wore for the photo shoot, sick. The, the 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 bikes look awesome. I love the red. The black plates is a nice touch. Um, can't say enough good things about those bikes. They're like they're if 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 nothing else, they've uh, they've they've won the off scene as far as uh, the way the bike looks.
1: Agreed. You know we talked about this uh, off air for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Probably one of the best looking.
1: Uh, just. Squad kits that we've seen in in history, I'll even say, only rivaled by that 06 to 08 era for pro circuit with um, with you know Villar and Stroop and those guys. Um, this their whole setup is a one. I mean, the black front number plate, the 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 way that the geico is just um, you know contrasting with the with the white font on the red background. It just it's a super clean, super super professional look, really modern. Um, everyone looks just super clean, man. I, I I think it's they definitely won the the 2019 preseason fashion show. Uh, you know, compared to some of the other teams, man, it's a far cry from what the Yamahas look like.
0: For sure, like total two totally different ends of the spectrum. They got the wing on there. It's even into the the, the seat cover. Uh, I even like the 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 red fork guards with the big Geico on there. Um, great looking. Great looking bike, great looking gear. So let's talk about the riders. Our, they, these, this team has been riddled with injuries. Originally, I, to my understanding, it was supposed to be uh, Christian Craig and uh, and Jeremy Martin on the West. Both guys are out with injury, uh, a, a, a fractured hand uh, for Craig and a back injury that uh, is sort of lingering and not fixed properly for Jeremy Martin. They're both out for the series. Christian will race on the East, uh, then, so then in comes uh, Chase Sexton, he breaks his collarbone not one week later on a mountain bike, now you've got literally got uh, Hunter Lawrence and R.J. Hampshire, the only last two guys, both slated to race East originally, I assume, as uh, uh, the Florida native in uh, R.J. Hampshire, usually races on the wet on the East Coast, and Hunter Lawrence being a complete and total um uh, Rookie in this, uh, like racing in the states, his U.S. debut will be waiting until uh, Minneapolis when the the series goes to the east. So who are they gonna? Who's gonna race uh, on the east on the west coast for Geico? They bump RJ over, probably accelerating his uh, sort of plans and then peaking when he was gonna be racing. Uh, but of course, you uh, they always talk about being uh, being ready. Uh, throws RJ for a little bit of a loop, but he's a, he's a top flight talent, and they recall Cameron McAdoo to race uh, uh, the the they're one of the race racers from last year underperformed. They let him go. Uh, they bring him back out of familiarity for one, but he's also he was basically the the best available guy that didn't have maybe uh, the like he wasn't sewn up by anybody. I think the only other guy you could think of that wasn't totally sewn up would have been uh, Mitchell Harrison. I kind of joked with uh, the team manager over at the Rockwell team that after the, like, uh, after the injuries to, to the Geico guys, how, how, how soon will, will, would he lose his top rider in uh, uh, Mitchell Harrison, but that didn't happen. Cameron McAdoo, the 44 machine, back on, uh, on Geico. Uh, what do you expect from a guy who last year was, for the most part, pretty invisible in Supercross?
1: Man, you know, I, I had high hopes for Mcadoo last year. Especially when talking to other riders, they had nothing but positive things to say about him. Um, you know, his, his fitness was supposed to be really, really good. Um, he was supposed to be a uh, very smart and methodical rider, and um, yeah, just kind of underperformed a little bit. We didn't really see or hear from him too much um, that season. Um, I honestly, I, I think I'd be I think I'd, I'd be happy with him getting just a top ten um you know here and there um just to kind of just kind of just put him in the in the in the in the view of, of of the audience you know what i mean i feel like he's had a couple of bad races in the past and really couldn't put anything together um you know i i'd say he'd be good for a um you know seven six spot uh you know maybe uh Top three in a few heat race wins, or sorry for a few heat races, but uh, I don't see I don't see him be a uh, a podium threat in the main, um, only because we haven't seen a, a history of him riding consistently or or riding um, like an elite 250 rider as of, as of late. So it's hard for me to kind of say he'd be in that spot. So um, I think I think he'd be a you know seventh eighth place maybe a sixth place uh, uh, main event guy, I'm a, I'm a guy go on that on that Geico Honda bike. You know if, as the season progresses maybe. We can start to see some improvement, but it just hasn't been seen yet, so it's tough for me to say, like, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a, a breakout year for him.
0: I think so, too. I think uh, um, the added confidence of being on a, a team that is just so well-supported, great-looking bike, and um, I'm going to say that a few times here, but I, I think he's definitely got the potential to uh, to turn some heads, and he's definitely got the, uh, just the familiarity with it, I like uh, kind of jumping on. Uh, jumping back into a, a familiar situation is a good thing. A little bit different than if he was working, jumping onto a uh, completely foreign program. Uh, he'll probably still have the same locker and same everything else. So that's a, a kind of feather in his cap. RJ Hampshire, can he win races?
1: Ooh, that, that's a tough one. Uh, RJ is a very fast rider. Um, we've seen him uh, do pretty pretty good in the last later half of um, of last year. Um, I think he's capable of winning a race. Oh, go ahead and say that. I'm not sure about his consistency, however. So, I mean, we know he has the talent. He's got a great team, a team that he's that he knows that he's he's you know been with for a long, long time. Um, it's just consistency has always been his downfall. And yeah, he can run with the best of them, but if he can't do it each and every weekend, then you know it's 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 all for nothing, really, when it comes down to it. Like I said before, in this class, which is you know such a short class, but each 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 coast, um, you really you really have to be there every single weekend and maximize your points. Um, and RJ seems to struggle with that in the past, so um, I, I think he I think he's good to be a, a regular podium threat. I think he's good for a win or two. Um, it's just he's really going to have to up his consistency game to to finally nail down that title that's been eluding him.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, I think you're right. Top flight talent, like the the upside to win races is possible. Can he do it on a regular basis? I haven't seen it before, but if there's ever a year where he's going to grab the bull by the horns and uh, and be a thorn in the side of your other title contenders like Adam C and Shane McElrath, this is it. Moving on to the, Tro- as I just mentioned, Shane McElrath, moving on to the Troy Lee Designs Red Bull KTM team. Uh, in a lot of ways, and I've said this on the podcast before when I had Shane on and when I was talking to Alden Baker... Shane McElrath, in my view, is a 450 guy racing a 250 this year. He's 23 years old. He's fit. He's strong. He's experienced. He's led the points in the last two seasons. Unable to to wrap up those championships either time, but like it's got to click for him the third time, right? Like 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 he's number 12, permanent number. He won races last year, both indoors indoors and out. I think Shane McElrath if anybody is going to dethrone uh, or like basically knock Adam Ciancerola off the top, it's Shane McElrath. I think those guys are one and two.
1: I think so as well. Um, Shane is, Shane is a great, great rider. I like what you said about a 450 rider band in the 250 class. That's a, a pretty good way of, uh, of of talking about Shane. I mean, he's, He's pretty pretty consistent, um, and we we might have seen him win a, a title in the past if it you know weren't for some um, some crashes or some some mechanicals. Um, super super good. Um, you can almost almost guarantee that he'll get a win and be the red right put holder at some point in the series. Um, it's just it's I think it's just that extra little bit that kind of kept him from uh, from winning a title. It. If he rides very, very well this year, and when I say very, very well, um, I mean sort of um, knock out a lot of the, uh, the the crashing of the DNFs or some of the lulls he had in the season, he will really give Ciancerillo uh, all that he can handle. That's really going to be um, a, a tough one to uh, to say who's going who's to take it over, McElrath or uh, or Adam. Um, but if he you, if you had twisted my arm, i probably sound like more of an Adam, only because I know how hungry that kid is. After talking to him and seeing, you know, all this, all the stuff he's been through. But man, Shane will not make it easy. That guy is a is a definite threat. Um, and if he's riding, and you know, if he's riding away, he knows how to ride, and things are clicking, and he and he's uh, you know, getting off to good starts, and and really, really making sure that um, again, he's not crashing, and he's getting maximum amount of points. This could be his title.
0: For sure. I think that uh, like he's, he's always good at Anaheim 1, always comes out swinging. Uh, I, I, like, I'm like i going to go on record and say at some point, Shane McElrath carries the, uh, carries the red plate in this series. How long he holds on to it is completely up to him. He has the ability to win this championship. Uh, I think in a lot of people's eyes, he's your odds-on favorite to win it. I think, in my opinion, I think it's Adam Ciancerullo. But like I said, those guys are 1-2, and two, maybe even a 1A and 1B uh, and after that, I just let's let the gate drop and figure out who's going to be that that uh, consistently fastest guy week to week. His teammate Sean Cantrell, on the other hand, uh, is a guy who's underperformed in the past. He showed speed. But also seen, shown signs of uh, crack, I wouldn't say cracking under the pressure, but just a lot of rookie mistakes that seem to be lasting a little bit longer than more, more most rookie seasons are. You know what I mean? The guy um, racing his full first full season of Supercross last year. Now he's running. Uh, he, he'll he'll enter his second full full series of Supercross. Um, Sean Cantrell needs to get something done. Um, he needs to be a top five guy. He needs to knock off podiums if he's outside the top eight on a regular basis next year i don't think he's got the same amount of support he's talking he, he'd be talking about uh racing for uh, a, a a team that doesn't have nearly as much uh, support as he has right now uh this is a huge make or break season for sean cantrell
1: I couldn't agree with you more man uh yeah to be honest with you i'm surprised they kind of brought him back for the uh uh, From 2019, season. I think they just had a contract
0: um, with him. That was like a de- that's just part of his deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, a couple a couple year deal. Which I mean, I think that kind of saved him because, like you said, he had a very lackluster year. If there's somebody who was so highly talented coming out of the uh, the amateurs, um, really underperformed. Man, um, you know, he had a couple couple cool rides here or there. Or like, hey, you know, can't draw. That's some good style, and you know, caught people's eye a little bit, but it did not translate into into overall you know top five finishes very often so um yeah definitely a make or break year for him um you hate to say that about a you know about a, like a kid who hasn't had a chance to really prove himself but i feel like uh you know this is this is a chance to do that this is this is your year to come out to knock off some consistent top fives uh make yourself known you know sort of have a presence around you and and earn that ride because um, you know I don't I don't know if a lot of a lot of these kids know it but these rides are starting to become fewer and far between you know and um all, there's some of the four fifty guys are only taking the top of the, the top tier riders so he's uh, he's really really going to have to make sure that he he, he puts it all together um, comes out swinging and just does not settle for that ninth tenth eighth eleventh type spots you know being on a TLD team and your teammate is red plate holder. You better damn sure you know be near the podium. So um, yeah, yeah. He needs to You know what I mean? He needs to show of to signs of life. Exactly.
0: You know what I mean? And
1: no like, one, half the people don't even know who the kid is. Really, you go around the pit and say, like, "Oh yeah, Sean Cantrell." I Guarantee you, a couple people might say, "Like, who the hell is that guy?" You know what I mean? So um, yeah, he's he's got to he's got to make himself known. He's he's got to assert himself in his class, and um, he's, he's got to ride that bike, man. He's gotta gotta get out of that. Uh, that that ish area, man. Factory team, you got to be on that podium.
0: I d- I totally agree. I uh, I think he he needs to sh- like. I feel like it. Sometimes I feel like that. It's that meme with the like the stick figure that's got the stick. It's like do something. Um, exactly. And, and and that's not a slight to him. like, like that. Like it just he needs to make uh, people stop like, thinking that he doesn't deserve the ride, yeah, he's just to show the, the results that uh, deserve that ride, and um, if he's able to do that, he'll get another opportunity with either that team or a different team. Um, and then, uh, he's honestly in the same position as uh, another guy that's going to be on a very similar motorcycle in, in Michael Moseman. Uh, like, second-year Supercross guys, needing to make a step forward um the husky team is basically going to be led by michael moseman he has shown speed in the past he actually ended up having a race a ride in the i think it might have even been in the b practice at, at atlanta that the the triple crown series race that he was his first race he missed uh the first races with uh, a bit of an issue uh so his, he made his debut in the b class or the the b practice but um, Michael Moseman needs to be uh, a front-runner as well. He needs to be challenging for top fives every bit as much as, uh, as Sean Cantrell does.
1: He, re- he really does. Um, I'd probably put him a little bit above um, Sean Cantrell because he, he was a little, little bit more consistent and, you know, had a little bit better finishes here and there. Uh, but still, you know, um, we, we still didn't see him ride uh, the way that he should being a factory rider, you know. Um, if, if you're on one of those elite teams, you should be every bit as popular as the rest of the guys on the team. And um, everyone only talks about Zach Osborne in two fifty 250s with Rockstar. So, um, this is, this could be a make a break year for this rider. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I really, I really feel really bad about saying that about, you know, a couple of riders, but it, it, it's true. You know, um, you, you really can't be back there, you know, and outside of the top five, um, you can't say it anymore. Uh, it's Trying to get long-winded, but he's really he's really got to get up there and be a be a contender for this thing. You know, um, these rides are very very hard to get, and uh, these guys are going to end up losing them if they if they don't perform. I, I do know that he's talented. I know he he puts the work in, and he's a likable guy on the team. Um, I just don't see what's holding them back from from putting in position. But you know, they have the great equipment. Um, they got the talent all day. It, I don't know what the X factor is that they're missing that's not allowing them to get up there.
0: Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners. Let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It pops and crackles just like a real fire and uh, it's going to make your garage smell better it's going to make your living room smell better and if you take them into the bedroom don't tell me about it but enjoy it you're going to love these candles and you can find them at sickwicks.com. head there right now enjoy them and you're going to love them. absolutely check them out only recently have the health benefits of cbd products been acknowledged by the masses cbd is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood in the past we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Caster 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage maxima racing oils are proudly made in the usa for more information visit www.maximausa.com we're going to do whatever we want and if you're cool with it you're cool with it if you're not and we're still going to do the thing i can just let go put our metal fingers up with a smile and let it roll
1: not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 8.05. I got into this can and said, that is a badass fucking Can the beer is even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun and kill it.
0: Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down...
1: I do it my way and it's all that matters my
0: last chip while showing fear It's not easy to do this shit my girl's looking at me to support her and I'm got a broken leg from dirt bike you see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being a winner, that mentality of the 60s, 70s. That's what we try to do, is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realize it. let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of the people that
1: own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man.
0: Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. And you're just ice cold beer, here. Just nothing sounds better than that. This Fast House crew is going to break mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateers racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, filming practice sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out. Google the collective experience First thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can, like, Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, The Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey, guys, this is
1: Johnny Lauch from the W Training Facility, powered by Crosley. Head over to Matera and enter Team W and get 15% off. The product's amazing. You'll love it. And uh, thanks to the support of Big MX Radio Broadcasts. We love being on the show and talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, like uh, I think that uh, there's a ton of other talent in the class. Uh, Sometimes those guys are are just uh, victims of... um, like the fact that we have two coasts, um, like it's it's uh, they they split things up. Um, a guy who outdoors, we're talking about a guy who's thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. But on uh, when you split up the coast, now you have the opportunity to get those those top five rides, and you need to go get them. So um, sometimes it's just like the, we like the expectations are a little bit clouded. On uh, on what we expect from these guys in Supercross, obviously still with both of them rather new. Um, But like I said, both of them have had one full year of Supercross under their belt, and now it's time to perform. Uh, And uh, they'll both be on bikes that they're familiar with, unlike uh, the guys on our next team that we're going to tackle, which is the JGR Yoshimura Suzuki team uh, of uh, Jimmy Dakotas and Enzo Lopes. Lopes racing Supercross for the first time. Uh, he hasn't raced a full series hasn't raced any supercross series any supercross races to my knowledge other than some amateur stuff jimmy Dakotas has podiumed at a supercross race uh, of course last year being his first year with the uh, with the team uh, He'll be ra- the The team head to toe is or not head to toe, but uh, the, they're got answer gear on this year. A change for Enzo Lopes for the first time in a long time, uh, not being a a Fox athlete. Um, in fact, uh, Jimmy Jimmy D for a long time was a Fox athlete as well. Um, a brand new motorcycle for them, a somewhat unproven yet two fifty program over at JGR. Uh maybe t- the two guys that have their sort of the most stacked up against them rolling into two thousand and uh and
1: nineteen. Ooh, yeah, this this team has a lot to uh a lot to prove to a lot of people. Um no one more so I think than than Jimmy Dakota. Um I'm a huge fan of his, good raising with him and New England and stuff. but I know the talent this guy has and we, started, we saw a little bit of it last year. We had that podium, and um, it seemed like we were starting to see the uh, a new Jimmy, you know, someone I think that's riding the way that they're getting paid to ride a motorcycle. You know, he keeps getting picked by these teams because he has that talent. Um, then, you know, injury kind of struck, and he had a, um, um, just a, a lot of stuff going on. So I'm uh, um, on like a broken record, but this could be another, another break or make a make or break year for, for yet another rider. Um, oh, if Dakotas really doesn't ha-
0: do well in this, like if he's not a consistent top five guy, I, I can't see another team giving him a shot.
1: Exactly. It, which is insane because you know the guy guy's talent. And yeah. uh, I, I think it was uh, maybe 17 um, when he was leading a race for what, almost the entire way, and the last lap got passed by four dudes or something like that. And,
0: something like that. And you that got trained by fifth, few dudes, Yeah. So. yeah. Right, exactly.
1: So, st- yeah, stuff like that. I mean, you, you really can't let that happen. Um, it's that's kind of been an mo, where he lets the nerves and the mental stuff is kind of overwhelming and he rides crappy. Um, you know, you really can't do that, man. He's on a badass bike um, that can that can win races. and on a great, a greatly supported team, um, and I, I hope he's got that mental stuff figured out, man, because this this really this could be the year where. He solidifies himself as a legit racer or a guy who's, you know, in, in the back 40, spinning out of a, a, a spray van, you know what I mean? Um,
0: More two-stroke. I mean, like, I, how, how JGR hasn't done a two-stroke edit with Jimmy D yet is beyond me, and it's a problem.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that guy can ride a freaking motorcycle, man. If, if no one's seen this guy ride when he's comfortable and a track he knows, it's insane. The guy is so freaking talented. But you'd never know from watching him race uh, at Supercross, which I'm hoping this year he changes a little bit. But he can definitely, definitely do it.
0: Hey, yeah, and like uh, I, I don't know the last time that uh, a factory team had two uh, were represented by uh, two te- two guys with national numbers in the 60s, but uh, yeah, hopefully that's not an indication of how their season will go. Um, and uh, yeah, like like those guys, like I think if anything. Uh, Enzo Lopes will definitely be uh, he'll he'll benefit from uh, Jimmy D's experience. Jimmy D's been doing it for a long period of time, and I think that he's definitely got uh, potential to uh, to knock down some good rides. But with a brand new Suzuki, that is going to be a hurdle that he'll have to deal with. Let's talk about the final team that uh, is sort of like a factory-supported team. They're uh, rolling in. There is no championship defense from this last year. Both uh, of those guys are racing the 450 class this year, so we'll have a brand-new champion in both classes. Um, For the first time in a long time, nobody's defending it. Nobody is going to carry that number one plate. Uh, On the west with uh, the the Monster Energy Yamalube Star Racing Yamaha team, Dylan Ferrandes. And Colt Nichols. These two guys have about as much talent as anybody in the class. Dylan Ferrandez has the ability to be a double champion in the series. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez uh, has shown race-winning speed. He's also sh- shown uh, some inconsistency and in some crashes. Some kind of freakish stuff here and there with some injuries. But uh, I, I personally think that uh, if anybody can kind of upset the apple cart of Shane McElrath and uh, and uh, Adam Ciencerolo, it's Dylan Ferrandis. And don't sleep on Colt Nichols. The guy is incredibly talented he's dealt with some injuries in the past i really hope that he can stay healthy and if he can he can be a thorn in the side of a lot of not only his teammate but those other two that i mentioned earlier these guys are about as talented a team as you'll find on the 250 uh, 250 side in fact i think this might be the best most well-rounded team uh, like a one-two punch coming in there, seeing as how uh, I don't think uh, anybody else has uh, as top flight a teammate as uh, Colt Nichols in Dylan Ferrandez. Uh, the two of them, like that's that, that's probably the the best one-two punch in the 250 class right now.
1: I love your enthusiasm about about this team because I, I have the same amount of enthusiasm for him as well. Um, <laughs> Ferrandez, I think a lot of people don't realize just how great of a rider he is. And not just Supercross, but just motocross, but he's so well-rounded. Um, You know, and one thing that's unique about him, being a rider from overseas, he's not intimidated by a lot of the American guys who have been doing this for a little bit longer. He He will mix it up with anybody. He'll grab a good start and battle just like you know, just like anyone else, where we saw a little bit of hesitation from Kenny when he first came over, saw a little bit of hesitation from Marvin when he first came over. Uh, but it's that's not the case with this guy. Super talented. Um he's my second pick. Very, very close um underneath Adam uh, to win the championship. And I'm glad he talked about Colt Nichols a little bit because that guy is incredible at Supercross. Um it's definitely his forte a little bit stronger than his than his outdoor skill set. Uh, but he can really upset this thing too, um, you know. Chasing are around the track for a little bit in the off season and kind of building up one another, um, it's not far fetched to say that these guys could do like a one-two punch on any given race weekend. Um, please, I encourage a lot of people to keep their eyes on these two guys because they are going to be phenomenal. Um, you said it. You said it perfectly. The, the best well-rounded team. Everyone on that team is a superstar. Um, very. I mean, save for maybe Mitchell Oldenburg. These guys really know how to ride a motorcycle uh consistently. Um, not saying that Mitch Oliver's not super talented, just he might struggle with consistency just a little bit more than some of the other guys. Um, but still very, very good team, uh great support behind them. They they're capable of winning multiple championships in the season. Um, and I'd say, you know, those guys are like the new era sort of pro circuit where they're starting to get a win just about every season. So, um yeah, keep an keep eye out for those guys. They're going to do phenomenal.
0: For sure. like, like uh, I think I was surprised to not see uh, Mitchell Oldenburg on the West. He's re- raced West more often than any other series that he's been in. I think the only other time he's on the West uh, or the East was with the armor racing team a few years ago. I think he raced, uh, um, I believe that was he, was he was on the East Coast. Um, uh, but um, yeah, like I think you could have gone with him or Colt, and I think Colt uh is now based in California more than ever uh the whole team is uh for that matter, but uh Mitchell Oldenburg will be in a great position to be successful on the east, but uh yeah, like I said, Yamaha is coming to coming to play with probably the two fastest guys in the class um as far as a, just a, an all around team, but uh yeah, I think uh, both of them have race winning potential absolutely have podium potential I think you could see uh, if, if there's any one team that you could see go uh, one two uh, in this uh, in this championship on any one particular weekend uh, it's that team uh, a few last uh, like sort of mentions um, sort of dark horse or like sort of guys that we haven't talked about uh, Jacob Hayes for the cycle trader Rock River Yamaha team uh, last year's uh, ams oil uh, Arena Cross champion, obviously uh, that championship is no more. He needed a job. He'll have a, a, two, a three-digit number, so don't sleep on this guy. He's got some serious speed. So when you're you're watching uh, qualifying Saturday and you see this 157 keeps bouncing near the top of the board, uh, you know that that guy is uh, is extremely talented. And uh, riding a Yamaha, I think that's going to be a feather in his cap that's going to help, help out. Uh what do you know about uh, Jacob Hayes and what are your expectations on uh, a rider who uh is basically on Yamaha's uh B team as far as their support but also like I said on the 450 pod that's a that's a pretty solid program over there.
1: Yeah exactly they they're they're great at nurturing that that next that next level of uh of talent into uh into elite racers. Um you know Jacob Hayes is a very very talented rider. He's great in, you know, that tight racing conditions. is evident by his arena cross championship. And those, those are pretty hard to come by the racing. is It's ultra intense and um, really takes a lot of consistency. So um, that might have helped him. You know, we've seen Tyler Bowers come over from Supercross and kick ass. So this you know, like we could see something like that happen. I think he's a bit untested against a lot of these guys in a, in a venue like, like Supercross. So he's got some learning to do, but I don't, um, you know, nothing jumps out at me as being something that's going to hold him back. I, I, I've got top ten expectations from him, and maybe down the road, maybe even top six, top five, once he starts getting, you know, things together. Um, and I'm going to say that because I know what the team is capable of. I know how great their bikes are, um, and I know that he's a, he's a talented rider. Uh, you know, I, I know his skill set. So um, if we don't see top five from him um, or, you know, or um, someone on the technical trader team, then it's uh <laughs> something's up you know
0: i think you're totally right i think uh yeah i it's, it's, it's i couldn't i could i couldn't have said it better my friend um last team that we we need to, to touch on before uh, like most of the other teams are uh basically on the west or on the east rather is actually there's two teams here we've got the gas monkey energy drink a j e Motorsports uh team Dylan Merriam a 450 guy who uh, led, la- I think, did he lead laps? I think he might have led some laps in a 450 class uh, outdoors. Of course, I think those were mutters. But either way, uh, showed some serious speed throughout the outdoors last year. Uh, even showed some uh, and, and showed uh, some talent and on the supercross side of things on the 450. He finds himself in the best position he's been in in years um, for a uh, some to be successful. Uh, with the AJE team, uh, now they've brought on Gas Monkey this year, so they probably got a little bit more uh, support. Um, they're on Husqvarnas, which we know are good motorcycles, and they got actually a really solid engine package, from my understanding. Um, although I, I, Dylan Merriam a pretty big guy, to raising a 250, uh, so that'll be one kind of uh, kind of thing that he'll battle through but uh, a solid teammate as well in uh, Justin Starling. Starling uh, has bounced around a little bit over the years, uh, whether it be with the Slayton team or uh, last year. He's, he's This is his second year with the AJE Motorsports team, so some familiar territory that way. Um, these guys are going to be your... 12th through 17th place guys, they're going to battle uh, it out with uh, the Jacob Hazes of the world and stuff like that. I think that um, they, they've definitely got some, some potential to make some noise. Uh, out of the three, including uh, the triple one, and I, I like reserve judgment on that, Chris Bloss, um, the three of them, I think that uh, Jeff, Justin Starling has maybe your, your highest ceiling. Uh, your, your steady Eddie would be uh, Chris Blos. I think he's going to make the main events and sort of uh, put it in there around the 16th place spot on a regular basis. Um, but uh, running that 1-1-1. Used to be reserved for uh, past champions uh, over from Europe, but I guess uh, with some people re- uh, running it locally, or not locally, in the States over the last few years, bucking that trend, um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know I've told you about it. I think that uh, I should have picked another three digit number uh like i said it should be reserved for uh, past champions from europe to race with but either way uh a j e Motorsports sports is probably uh is kind of uh highlighted by justin starling one of their their fastest guy for sure
1: i agree with uh with the triple one digit <laughs> you know oh. what i mean it's uh yeah it 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 just yeah, I I don't know. I, however, I, I am excited to see how this team does. You know, they're they're relatively new and um, they're they're right they've got the capable riders. So I, I think I agree with what you said that twelve through seventeen. Um, I think if uh, if Starling can get out to a good start as well as Merriam, um, you know those they're not they're not they're not rookies. You know what I mean? They're they're very very talented. Um, they're they're good riders. Um, they're kind of that that. Uh, semi support sort of private tier cup. um so it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be weird to see them like okay, oh, hey. so one of them got tenth or a ninth here and there, but it's they'd have to really they'd have to really turn up the consistency for me to kind of push that a little further down the rope and sort of get into the, some better single digit finishes but i i i expect i expect some good uh some good uh low teams for these for these guys
0: yeah, like, I, I think, like I said, like the highest ceiling is uh, Justin Starling. I think if, like, with an incredible start and uh, some things rolling his way, he can top ten a race. Uh, I don't think. I think uh, both Maram and Chris Blose are going to be a little up against it a little bit. Uh, Blose turning pro in two thousand and five, ra- racing that long, like it's been a while, man. Like it, like he's not like obviously he's still a a, a fast rider. But uh, these these kids these days go, they go pretty damn fast so I don't know if he'll be able to hold on to that pace uh, he does carry a little bit of clout with his like uh, he's been around for a while and held some good positions and, I, and with some good teams over the years but uh, time will tell on that guy uh, last team that we got to talk about uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them before the end of the podcast Rockwell Racing Rockwell watches Yamaha coming out with Mitchell Harrison the 35 machine uh, definitely the best. Rider that that team has fielded in their uh, their history, uh, and um, he's he's extremely talented. He's got a point to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's got a good bike underneath him. Rockwell Racing's uh, got like they've they've got great management over there with uh, Chris Elliott, as well as of course you've got Ryan Clark over there uh, moving things around. I think that uh, like I mentioned just just now. Mitchell Harrison has an absolute chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove something. Uh, My question to you is, will he prove it?
1: Oh, that's a a tough one. Um, I I think he will. Um, And and when I say prove it, I think he's going to elevate himself from where he is now. I don't foresee him being a... um, a podium threat, like most people thought he would when he first went pro. Um, I do see him as being a top seven contender, um, as long as um, he puts himself in that position. Um, and I mean, good starts, um, riding, riding um, to match what the guys around him are doing. So I know a lot of a lot of times he kind of rode over his head in practices and tried to override the bike or override, um, you know, the track or, or what other people were doing. I think if he just um sort of calms down a little bit, puts that energy into solid laps, consistent laps, um, and sort of using this to um, you know, this first these first couple of rounds to sort of um step his way up to you no know, the top seven, top top eight, top six type spots. Um I think I think it'll be a good year for him. Uh, the Rockwell team is super supportive,
0: very laid back, fine, amazing food. Um Best <laughs> food in the pits, so, um, like if Seriously, like for those of you who are listening, if you're within the motorcycle industry and uh, have a credential to walk over there, is like, honestly they probably wouldn't even kick most fans out of there. To be completely honest, they always have stuff left over. Best food in the pits. Right around hey, three thirty is when they 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 uh, they serve lunch over there. Uh, great place for uh, to to see myself and uh, and Dave Drake shooting the shit and uh, enjoying a decent meal over at Rockwell.
1: Exactly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those, I mean, they've got a great group. Um, ultra supportive. They always make sure that they they try to provide the best that they can. Um, and th- you know, th- this this could be a good year for Mitchell Harrison. I I think. Um, like I said, if he just kind of calms down a little bit, um, starts stepping his way up to that that next level, I think. I think. If, oh, excuse me. We could really see. Uh, really see him improve and. Uh, really, really sort of try to fill the shoes that he was trying to from before, you know. This, this could be a good growth year for him.
0: Fair enough, my friend. Well, I tried to keep this as short as I could for you, Dave. I know you've got, uh, it's 11.30 your time, and uh, you still got to get yourself ready to go down to California for Anaheim 1. Uh, yep. It took a little bit longer than the 30-minute time limit on the podcast, but not by much. It's um, yeah, not be bad. <laughs> as always, I appreciate the time. Before I let you go, give me your give me your championship uh prediction. Who's gonna to be top three in points when the when it all shakes out?
1: Uh I'm gonna say, Cirillo, uh, Ferrandez and McGarrath.
0: Fair enough.
1: Top top three in points. It's tough to say right now, but uh that's how That's how you see it shaking out. Uh, It's uh, it's how it's looking. Yeah, it's how it's looking for me right
0: now. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Adam Ciencerolo as your championship winner, followed by Dylan Ferrandes and Shane McElrath. I think that Shane does leave um, the first first few races with the points lead, though. Nobody comes out swinging better than Shane McElrath, and uh, he'll continue to do that, but uh, he always seems to always find a way to uh to fumble things down the stretch of course i don't hope that for him but uh that that just seems to be how things shake out for shane and uh this being his like sort of one of his last years in the 250 class i believe unless uh like um i I expect him to go to the 450 class more uh sooner than later but uh Dave, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Sorry to uh, keep you up as late as I did. Thank you for making time for this uh, so late in the off season. We're literally uh, we're 48 hours from the completion of the uh, of the races on uh, on Anaheim <laughs> one. It's pretty ridiculous. It's been a whirlwind. I uh, can't wait to hear all about it. We'll do a full race review when you return home on Sunday. Uh, as always, my friend, I appreciate the time. Don't hang up yet, but just don't hang up just yet for, for podcast sake. We'll cut it off right there.